the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Welcome to the uh, Tuesday edition. For a lot of us, it feels like uh, Monday. But honestly, did you work yesterday? Because all of us here by corporate mandate had the day off. It's weird. I don't remember President's Day being a thing. But for our company, often it is a thing. So anyway, I was happy to have the day off. Kath is uh, taking the day off as well. She's, she's taking a longer. She's taking a couple of days off. So kudos to Kath as uh, she has a little R&R. Hey, um, how was your wedding? Mike, did you uh, did you enjoy yourself at your wedding? Definitely. Yeah, Most you did. definitely. Very nice. I love my wedding. What did you serve? What did you serve for your wedding meal? Do you remember? Um, fish mm-hmm. and steak. Yeah, we did the same thing. Yes, it was You had really a choice, good. right? Yeah. 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 Very nice. Choice. Yeah. Well, have you seen this uh, recent thing about uh, the bride on Reddit, the vegan bride? The vegan bride on Reddit. Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't heard anything about her. So there's a, a, a woman, a young woman. She's 20 years old, and um, she is a vegan, right? She yep. uh, eats no, nothing with a head, right? No meat, uh, no fish, none, none of that. Vegan. She uh, says that she's um, disinvited her bridesmaids and her oh mother to the wedding because they are not going to comply with the uh, vegan wedding. She says, uh, when family, quote, when family tries to guilt you into letting them come to your fully vegan wedding, even though they are omnivores, they were told they are not invited to my wedding because we don't want to host murderers at our wedding, which is supposed to be one of the happiest days of our lives. Now, despite receiving major backlash for her original post, the unnamed bride does not seem to be backing down. In a follow-up post, she said um, she is not sorry and that she and her partner have been consistently at- consistently attacked by said omnivores. When I broke the news to them all, all I got was attacked because I don't want the weight of having people that kill animals, the very beings we're trying to protect at my wedding or on my conscience. I'm not sorry if that makes me rude. Commentators then went off on her. Why not just serve vegan food, one person wrote. Vegan is no way in no way tastes bad. According to another post, um, one woman had the uh, meat-eating bridesmaid come back with her own response. I just wish that she didn't invite us, said one of the bridesmaids. In the first place, if she was planning on having a vegan wedding, we've already picked out the bridesmaid's dresses, and now I have to go and not eat meat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I guess you should have sent that out in, you know, in your in your announcement, right? In your invitation. Please come to our wedding, but if you insist on eating meat, then you're not invited. Maybe. I, I don't know. That's a little drastic though. It I is. Think, it in is my a opinion. Drastic. Uh yeah. 
But it's her own wedding. Yeah. It's her wedding. This is the era that we live in, huh? Now, listen to this. Um, uh, on the same sort of vein, you know, politics are weird. And social consciousness, like the vegan wedding, has become a thing. I mean, all you, all you got to do is peruse the daily paper or look online. You'll see one story after another of so-called progressives wanting to instill a, a new normal on, on this country. Now, how about uh, Martina Navratilova? Martina Navratilova, I, I would say, considered generally to be the greatest female tennis player perhaps ever. I, I, it's an arguing point, an arguable point. But listen to this. Are athletes who are born male but identify as females cheating girls? Well, tennis legend Martina Navratilova says that they are. To put the argument, quote, at its most basic, she wrote this weekend in an op-ed for the Sunday Times of London, a man can decide to be female, take hormones if required by whatever sporting organization is concerned, win everything in sight, and perhaps earn a small fortune, and then reverse his decision and go back to making babies if he so desires. Her conclusion, seriously, when you hear that, is blunt. She says, quote, it's insane and it's cheating. I am happy to address a transgender woman in whatever form she prefers, but I would not be happy to compete against her. It would, it would not be fair. Now, this is weird because this isn't the first time that Martina Navratilova sounded off on the issue. Uh, quote, you just can't proclaim yourself a female and be able to compete against women. She, woman she treated, uh, tweeted in December. There must be some standard, she said, and competing as a woman would not fit that standard if you call yourself a man, if you were born as a man. Now, after intense blowback, this was the weird thing, after intense blowback online, Martina Navratilova said she would have nothing more to say until she studied the issue more closely. And then she came back yesterday and she said this, quote, well, I've now done that. And if anything, my views have strengthened. Ms. Navatrilova, uh, her argument comes in a moment when institutions from high schools to state legislatures are wrestling with the real world implication of equal access for transgender people. Now, when this issue first arose, the most heated arguments were over single-sex locker rooms and restrooms and college dorms. But what's happened now is that the front lines have shifted to sports and girls' sports in particular. This is no coincidence. Uh, this one, a woman by the name of uh, Abigail Sharon notes, uh, she's a reporter. She writes in the City Journal, few biological boys are likely to lose top spots in sports competition or the college scholarship that follow because of transgender boys who outperform them. But in girls' sports, American mom and dads are increasingly watching their daughters in high school and college competing against biological boys. Now, this is a thing. This has happened often. In June, two transgender high schoolers in Connecticut made national headlines when they dominated the girls' state track competition for the second year in a row. Such victories underscore Martina Navratilova's argument that if biological men are allowed to compete in women's sports, well, then girls will not be the winners. This, in turn, 
has led to a really weird development. Some of the most pointed criticism of allowing transgendered women to compete in women's sports isn't coming from the culture warriors on the right, much as they might be in sympathy. A good part is coming from those like Ms. Navatrilova, a longtime champion of gay rights who came out in 1981 and whose Twitter feed is filled with leftist sentiments on everything from Donald Trump and climate change to guns. There's a writer. His name's Andrew Sullivan. And uh, he noted this surreal alliance of, of hard left worldview versus... In this case, with Martina Navratilova and what it is to be transgendered, a transgendered woman competing against other women. Look, once biological reality is pushed aside, it becomes hard to define exactly what this traditional claim of what it is to compete in the real world with testosterone when you're a woman. This is wrong. It's wrong. There's no common sense here. And so whether it's, you know, a, a, a light, frothy example of a vegan wedding or it's even a harder lesson of boys saying that they are girls and then beating girls in wrestling matches or tennis matches or you name it, wherever women are competing, this is wrong. But how do you make that right when society nods their head and says, sure, we're all on board. This makes sense because we should celebrate transgenderism. We should uphold it despite the science fiction Frankensteinian aspect of it. And especially if this was your daughter and she was competing against a transgendered woman who really was a guy, you'd lose your mind. The true truths in this world are the eternal truths of the Bible. The true truths are. I mean, this is not rocket science. So in a society, in a country especially, where people are biblically illiterate, and people do not spend time in God's word, soaking up God's wisdom and looking at the perfect order of his world, where, of course, we're going to have brouhaha's about transgenderism and vegan weddings. The call is to stay consistent and to be a light. How do you be a light? How are we to Proclaim God's word without being a jerk about it, right? How do you proclaim your witness for Christ and still be a light and not be some crazy person standing on a street corner or, as people on the far left like to say, hate-filled bigots? Because I don't believe if you speak out against transgenderism that you are a hate-filled bigot. I don't. Where's the truth? And how do you deliver the truth in a kind, loving, clear, concise way? How does that work in your life? Let's take a break. We're going to come back. We've got a good show for you. We're going to talk in a few minutes about the hospital is not heaven. Stay with us, please. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy, Tuesday afternoon here on Word FM. Be right back.
WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. Instead of filling your life with the thought of your own inadequacy, focus your attention on the adequate one who is God. And through prayer, redirect your thoughts so that as you look at him, you see not your own inadequacy, but you see the adequacy of the Savior. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Christians Have Stress Too, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Why get stuck with a Medicare plan that leaves you at a disadvantage? Medicare open enrollment season has been extended through March 31st. This is Kathy Emmons. Take advantage of your final opportunity this year to make a one-time switch to real Medicare coverage that includes traditional Medicare Part B and the Part D prescription drug plan. The team at Marley Financial knows Medicare's confusing. They know you have questions, and their team of experts can guide you through all the options available to help you make the best choice possible. A comprehensive Medicare plan that lets you access any doctor or hospital you want without a referral, with lower deductibles, and co-pays that are little to none. A Medicare plan that's focused not just on cost, but quality. Don't get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1490. Deadline is March 31st. Call 724-884-1496, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 through grade open house this Thursday at 9.30 a.m. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's Music, drama, snapology, and more. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At jubileecs.org. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com shopping, and I'll see you at the club. Thank you. Recently, I had the opportunity, after a long time, of walking into a hospital. It had been a long, long time since I'd been inside of a hospital. And um, I found my way, uh, slowly making my way through the halls and the corridors, into the intensive care unit, which really was a shock. Um, a friend of mine, uh, someone in, in my friend's family, is, is very, very ill, obviously, to be in the intensive care unit. And after putting on a face mask and rubber gloves and um, a, a sort of like a rubber robe, a plastic robe, we were let in to see the patient, the, the poor patient. I think there are a few things that are equally more heinous in some way 
and also at the same time more holy than to see someone lying in a bed and attached to tubes and monitors uh, on the cusp of life. And so when our friend Katie Butler wrote this piece called The Hospital is Not Heaven, Discerning Secular Thought in Medicine at the Gospel Coalition, I thought, I I need to talk to Katie. Uh, Dr. Butler is a trauma and critical care surgeon who recently left clinical practice to homeschool the children. She teaches at Harvard Medical School. Her blog is Oceans Rise, Musings on Faith, Medicine, and Motherhood. Dr. Butler, welcome back. How are you today? Hi, John. It's good to talk to you. Thank you. You got me in tears at the moment. Well, Katie, um, you of all people, as a trauma surgeon, know the intensive care unit very, very well. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it is a place where, by the grace of God, we have tools to do wonderful things for people, um, yeah. to restore people to health, bring them back to their families. But is it on also an environment of tremendous heartbreak, and it's one that is terrifying and can be very isolating mm-hmm. um, at the end of life. So I just empathize very deeply with what you just described and what you experienced Thank and you. what your loved one is experiencing. So, Katie, talk about, you know, because you start this article and you tell this heartbreaking story uh, about a young mm-hmm. woman who comes into the hospital. Um, she's suffering an acute illness. She's also 23 weeks pregnant and there her family's with her. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, so, you know, medicine really is a gift from the Lord. It is. It has tremendous parallels in terms of our need to love one another as he loved us. Um, but I think it's important to realize, and this is something that leaves people stranded when they're dealing with illness, that it's not a Christian institution. And it really came to light for me um, during one time in my practice when I was in the ICU and there was, a, as you said, a young woman who came in, and she was dealing with an acute illness but was also 23 weeks pregnant, and she expressed that she wanted an abortion. And her family filed in, sobbing, pleading with her when they found out this is what she'd requested, saying, please, can we adopt the baby from you? We can figure out something. And it was just this outpouring of grief and love and tenderness. And it just was in very sharp contrast to the response of her care team. And they were all very confident physicians. They took good care of their patients. But the emphasis in the notes from her care team was on the fact that she requested an abortion. There was very little discussion with her about why and what she could be dealing with, where she would find that this is the only option. And the notes read like a sickly countdown, because in the state where I was practicing, Abortions are legal up to 23 weeks and six days. And once the baby reached 24 weeks gestation, they wouldn't be able to perform an abortion. So there was this urgency in the notes for her to recover from her illness so that they could perform the abortion. Right. Um, so as you say, there's sort of, there's like this magic, there's this magic time frame, right? There's, right. there's not personhood, and then at the, this self-appointed time frame, which was, I don't know where that comes from, I'm sure you could speak to that, that person, that baby automatically becomes a viable person. Right. Arbitrary between, you know, the only value before 24 weeks would be if the child is wanted, and that's what determines personhood, and then magically at 24 weeks, yes, this is actually a human being, and so we're not allowed to abort. You know, and it just brings into relief that... Even though 
my life and death and illness are so deeply spiritual, uh, medicine itself is just not a Christian institution. And it can really leave people bereft when they're dealing with illness that there's no spiritual support. That's interesting because, you know, you would think when you look at, you know, even here in the city of Pittsburgh, there's many hospitals that essentially have Christian names and they, they sort of have gone hand mm-hmm. in hand in America for, for millennial. Yeah, yeah. And there there have been um, Christian organizations because healing and medicine go hand in hand. But I think it's just important to remember that bioethics, so the, the principles that guide medicine that we all um, adhere to, they are an excellent way to protect people, and they're in sharp contrast to the situation that we had in the 1960s with the Tuskegee experiments that came to light. You know, it's it, the foundation of modern bio, bioethical principles it was in response to that travesty. Right. So for our, for our audience who is uninformed about that, talk about Tuskegee. Yeah, so Tuskegee was a 40 years long um, horror where uh, the U.S. Public Health Service funded syphilis research on poor African Americans without their consent. And human guinea pigs. Came, yeah, human guinea pigs who then were infected with syphilis. Um, it was horrific. And so when this came to light, noting that it was public funding and then the whole travesty of it, it spurred a movement to define modern ethical medical practice to really have guidelines. So that was a very, very good thing yeah. uh, to try to get away from this rank paternalism. Right. Uh, but and and yes. so we've we've gone very far, and anything that's been virtuous in in medicine since then has been from the principles of modern bioethics that we have, which is justice and first do no harm and beneficence, and then respect for autonomy. But the the trouble is that those principles, especially the issue of autonomy, were derived from the Enlightenment. Um, and so they were, they were based on this idea of common morality. So nothing to do with Christian ethics, but saying that um, these principles are those that are um, assumed to be true by societal consensus. And when that's the case, uh, they're bound to change over time. Sure. Because if you're basing something on societal consensus rather than a firm grounding in the truth of Scripture, it'll bend to the winds of change. Right. And respect for autonomy ha- is, has really superseded the other principles as of primary importance in medicine, which in many ways is a good thing because it means, you know, Christians, we know that our dignity comes from the Lord. We all have inherent dignity because we're God's image bearers, right? There are parallels yes. there. However, the key difference is that we know that, to quote the Westminster Catechism, our chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever, right? There's a focus on him yes. in our free will. Versus in medicine, the person's right to self-determination is paramount. So this then creates these conflicts where you have a, a woman who says, I wish to have an abortion, and her right to say that supersedes her child's right to live. Right. And, or and, now, yeah, go ahead. And is that what happened? Did the story end that way with the woman having an abortion? Yes. She did. She did. She did. You know, and and with um, physician suicide too, it's the same issue. It's the same idea that the the, the individual's right to choose his or her path uh, is the ultimate paramount goal. 
because yeah. we know and, best. Man knows best. Right, right, exactly. And so this, the, the, you can see it. You can see things changing with these ideas of, you know, even the terminology. I found that in medicine, when we're trying to excuse something that's important, we change the terms. You know, so in abortion, um, before a baby is viable, we say it's a fetus or a zygote. You know, you change it to these very sterile terms. And it's the same thing with physician-assisted suicide. There's, you know, it's being advocated to be called medical aid in dying. Really? That softened, softened, like, yeah, that's actually, and there are huge campaigns for it, saying that, you know, you shouldn't call it suicide because that demonizes the practice and, um, is a, you know, it worsens the stigma for people who are seeking this. And um, it just, the, the winds are, are shifting in favor of popular culture, but that's to be expected because it's at heart, even though it's a blessing, it's just not a Christian institution. So what happens then when, when there are people like you, and I'm sure that there are many wonderful mm-hmm. doctors, men and women who have given incredible expense and time and effort to, to, to be a healer, but then they're put into a position, whether it's they're into they've got to perform a, an abortion on a, a viable, healthy uh, baby, or they want some, someone wants to kill themselves, and there's a doctor on the front lines. I mean, there there's an ethical dilemma there that you've got to face. I'm sure often, if not on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you can defer to and have them get a, uh, another physician's opinion, say, I don't feel comfortable performing this. But I will say that the environment in terms of training is increasingly hostile to that approach. Um, I can recall even in medical school, there was no option for me not to say I don't, I, I couldn't decline from observing abortions. Um, I had to go into the clinic and watch them being performed. And this was before I was, I really came to Christ. You know, but I hear frequently from medical students who are in moral distress over that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and no physician who has a moral objection to that would ever go into that field. Right. Uh, I think people are, are cognizant of this. You know, but it's, it's a very, very good question, John, um, because I think that the training is becoming increasingly uh, hostile to the idea that you can say, I'm not going to perform a given service or participate in this kind of training about these practices, uh, that's becoming increasingly frowned upon. I see. In your article, I should say, we're talking with Dr. Katie Butler. She's a trauma critical care surgeon. Uh, She teaches also at Harvard Medical School. Her blog is Oceans Rise, Musings on Faith, Medicine, and Motherhood. Dr. Butler, you you talk in in your piece, The Hospital is Not Heaven, about uh, Michael and Tracy Belboni and uh, their book, Hostility Mm -hmm. to Hospitality. Tell us about that, please. Mm -hmm. That's an excellent book that I would highly recommend. It's very academic. It's not a light read. Uh, But um, the two are a husband and wife team. He is a theologian. She is a radiation oncologist. And they've actually performed outcomes research looking at the importance of spirituality in recovery or dealing with uh, terminal illness, and also looked at the responses of physicians and the degree of support. And there are huge discrepancies between how frequently patients, even those who were not, didn't declare themselves as religious before illness, how frequently patients will seek out um, a spiritual understanding and spiritual support in the setting of a terminal illness, and how infrequently physicians and other providers respond to that. Um, There is a real divide between spirituality and medicine that 
leaves people adrift. It's an excellent book. It's called Hostility to Hospitality, and I highly recommend it. But the one phrase that really sticks with me, it's on the very first page of the book, they make the declaration, American medicine is spiritually sick. And for you, now there's you, a person of faith, and working in really in a trauma setting. What's that like for you? Have you ever been asked on the front lines as people come in with auto accidents and gunshot wounds and deeply horrific injuries? Mm-hmm. Has mm-hmm. anyone ever cried out to you and said, help me, pray for me? Well, how does that leave you? Oh, my goodness. Uh, my My experience more has been in the intensive care unit with helping loved ones trying to make just some impossible and heart-wrenching decisions and wondering what is right. You know, and that really was the impetus for me even writing the book that's coming out in April because I was part of so many conversations where people were wondering what to do and not knowing because medicine is so complicated and so complex and foreign to the layperson wondering what in a given situation was permissible. How do I interpret this? I see. Um, and there's, and the chap, I would just say that for anyone in any kind of situation to make liberal use of the chaplaincy, uh, the chaplains are the people on the front lines who are the most familiar with these issues and how medicine and Christianity intersect. Um, and I would say too, even if you have anyone within your church community who is a physician, because so much of it is just understanding the terminology and trying to decode what it all means, which is really hard even for a community pastor to do. I see. And they've, they've done studies recently saying that a lot of community pastors don't feel comfortable untangling a lot of this because they don't know how to apply biblical principles to what they're seeing at the bedside. Um, so it's the chaplains, I would say, speak to them as much as you can. That's why they're there. And I would also just recommend if there's anyone within your church whom, in whom you trust, who you know is, um, has a good, strong basis in Scripture, but also has a medical background who can try to help guide you, I think that's incredibly helpful. Outstanding. That's excellent advice. Dr. Butler, as you leave us, uh, so you made reference to a new book coming out in April, your first book. What's the title? Mm-hmm. It's Between Life and Death, A Gospel-Centered Guide to End-of-Life Medical Care. Fabulous. Well, we look forward to that coming our way and uh, hopefully more conversations as this year rolls on. Thanks so much. It's it's always a pleasure, Katie. Thank you. Blessings to you, John. Thank you. Dr. Katie Butler, she's a trauma critical care surgeon, teaches at Harvard Medical School. The forthcoming book, her blog is Oceans Rise, Musings on Faith, Medicine, Motherhood. Compassion International presents Casting Crowns, Only Jesus Tour. With very special guest, Zach Williams and Austin French. Casting Crowns. Performing songs from their brand new album, Only Jesus, along with many of your favorite Casting Crowns hits. Casting Crowns, Only Jesus Tour. With very special guests, Zach Williams and Austin French. Live at PPG Paints Arena, 7 p.m. Saturday, March 9th. Less than 2,000 seats remain at ppgpaintsarena.com. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. 
and spray on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man call the extreme team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net 412-257-1006 extremetruck.net you own a local business and your national competition is eating your lunch but you can beat them with our digital marketing experts we're salem surround we offer a free analysis of your digital marketing and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with salem surround total market penetration for increased roi learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com surroundpittsburgh.com connecting you with new customers showcase your business meet local customers and make new connections at the 2019 pittsburgh north regional home show and business expo one day only saturday february 23rd from 10 to 5 at the block northway formerly northway mall upper level near Wahlburgers. free and open to the public this annual event brings hundreds of local customers and over 40 area businesses together a pittsburgh north regional chamber of commerce event details at pghnorthchamber.com as we start 2019 we so much appreciate the support of one of our newest clients grove city college so thanks to everyone at gcc john and i and everyone here at the ride home are grateful for your partnership looking to save on medicare part d switching to walgreens may help you save on your medicare part d prescription walgreens trusted since 1901 Talk to the pharmacist to learn more. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. It'll turn cloudy tonight with a low 25. Snow will start toward daybreak, and we'll see slippery travel for much of tomorrow with 1 to 3 inches of snow accumulating before it turns to sleet and freezing rain. Then the ice will turn to rain in the afternoon with a high near 40. Rainy tomorrow night with a low of 35. Then clouds will break for sun on Thursday, breezy and milder with the high 43. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Streit on 101.5 Word FM. Okay, so we've had this drill before, right? Uh, they're telling us what well, uh, the weather forecast we just said, 1 to 3. I've heard 1 to 4. Uh, freezing rain, slush, yada, yada. All right. I mean, it's winter, right? Uh, the good news is, Mike and I were talking about this earlier today, 29 days until spring, the, uh, the first day of spring. God bless the first day of spring. It feels, I mean, really, it's not been a bad winter at all, has it? It's really been kind of negligible. A little cold, a little snow, but no big deal. I mean, so, you know, we'll, put, we'll see, this, see this through. But uh, I don't know. Already we've gotten, uh, I've, I've had a meeting scheduled for tomorrow. Someone said, well, I, I can't go out. We're going we're gonna to cancel that meeting. Okay. So my guess is, you know, we'll start to see school, school closures here in, in a bit. Um, I was talking about, we, we were in uh, South Dakota for, for Christmas. My wife is from Aberdeen, South Dakota. And... Um, <laughs> I mean, those people, those people, God bless them. The morning we left, it was 17 below, 17 below, like actual, you know, that was the temperature on the thermometer. So I'm getting gas at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm outside some little gas station and, uh, you know, thinking this is wild. It's you know how people live up here. And uh, the night before, as we were thinking about having dinner, my brother-in-law said, hey, let's go get tacos. 
<laughs> I mean, at the time, it was 22 below zero, and there was a blizzard. And I don't, you know, blizzard with a capital B happening in Aberdeen. And I was like, okay, great. So he's got this Toyota, you know, forerunner thing. And uh, we hopped in the car and we drove. You could barely see in front of you in frigid temperatures. And we were on our way to get tacos. We get out of the car. We go inside this place, Taco John's. People were in there, you know, like three, six, eight, twelve people getting tacos. There's a full staff there. It was just like a, a day in June. It was no big deal at all. I said to my wife, so what was it like for you growing up in Aberdeen, South Dakota? Were there ever any, any school delays? And she said, well, once in a, in a blue moon, whenever you know there was feet and feet of snow, I said, well, like a day like today, you know, 17 below. She said, no, they would bundle you up and you would walk to school. And I, How far did you walk to school? She said it was about eight to 10 blocks. In kindergarten, there are kids walking back and forth. I just think that that just shows how we've changed. I mean, not to say that, you know, you, you can say what you will. Okay, you know, we've gotten weaker. We've gotten too, too careful. We're a litigious society and we're worried about kids out there waiting for the school bus and freezing their toes off and whatnot. I don't know. Have we done ourselves as a disservice? I, I believe that we have, yeah. But you can be sure that as the uh, the warnings of snow come upon us, certainly schools will close and businesses will shutter and we'll see you in 29 days as spring is upon us. I don't know what that means, but that's what it is to be alive in the 21st century in America, such as it is. 101.5 WORD. So, are we all in this or not? Odyssey's first radio station, by kids, for kids. On the next adventure in Odyssey. Hey, that's what we should call it, Kids Radio. Yeah. Wit and the gang start a radio station at wit's end. Throw the switch. Don't touch that dial. Good morning, Odyssey. Big Brad with you for the beginning of the all-new Kids Radio. Stay tuned for the next adventure in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. A moo-moo here and a moo-moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo moo. Hi there, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84, Pennsylvania. Not only will you enjoy watching the heifers in the field and the baby calves in the mini barnyard, but you should also come hungry for our fabulous farm fresh cooking. Step inside the Springhouse for hot roast beef sandwiches, turkey and stuffing, hickory smoked ham, stuffed cabbage rolls, real mashed potatoes, and a whole lot more. A different menu each day. The locals tell their friends that our famous chocolate milk is the official drink of the Springhouse. And be sure to save room for apple pie, ho-ho cake, Oreo cheesecake, or lots of other from-scratch goodies for dessert. Have I made you hungry yet? Let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. The Pittsburgh Catholic, the widest circulated weekly newspaper in western Pennsylvania, has been keeping its faithful readers informed and inspired since March 16, 1844. To celebrate 175 years in our community, a special publication is planned for March 15th. Join this community celebration and become a part of history with your congratulatory ad. Reserve your space today at 412-471-1253. That's 412-471-1253. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? 
Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more, all from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. Along with the swallows of Capistrano, another sure sign that spring is arriving is that Jubilee is back. This Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center, a cadre of thinkers and artists and college students gather once again to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed and what it is to live faithfully as a believer in the 21st century. One of the artists who will be at Jubilee this year is Scott Erickson. Scott is a visual as well as a performing artist. He's going to present a a show called Say Yes, a liturgy of not giving up on yourself, a new show at Jubilee, preparing this premiering this Thursday night at the Carnegie Music Hall in Carnegie at 7.30. Scott, welcome to the show. How are you doing, friend? I'm doing great. It's great to talk to you. Yeah, you as well. Okay, so talk about this uh, this piece. Uh, essentially, a piece of theater. What's it, what's it going to look like? Yeah, it's you know, it's it's cat. It's I don't know how to describe it. As it's kind of like a uh, a comedy TED talk with some singing and some uh, art and. Lots of things, uh, but it's like it, but it's longer than eighteen minutes than a TED talk. So it's it's really it came out of this experience. I call it like uh, multimedia storytelling, yeah, yeah, or, and teaching, um, and it's very experiential. It's audience participation, but it came out of this uh, experience I had where uh, I, I realized. And look, I and I'm an emotional guy, but I uh, I, I put the kid, my kids to bed one night, and I uh, I walked into the living room, and I just started weeping. And it took me a while to kind of figure it out, but I realized like a dream was dying in me. Like there was some kind of dream that I had had for years and years and years. And it's like subconsciously and physically, I just knew it wasn't going to happen. And there was this grieving that happened. And, um, and it was really fascinating. I think part of it was because I started to understand who I was, who I was and who I wanted to be. And then I was confronted with the voice of giving up, which we've all heard. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it said all these things. It said all these things to me about what was possible, my life going forward. And I was, I was like, that's a really good argument. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've been there, and I think you know, if you're alive and you have a certain sort of, you know 
desire or passion or heft in you, right? You, we all, as you know, young kids, create dreams, and then there is a, a certain percentage, and I would think it's probably not a great percentage of people who actually have the moxie to go out and pursue those dreams. And then yeah. for another percentage of people, the greater percentage of people who pursue those dreams, there is that moment where you describe. Now, this happened to me, and I, I remember very clearly, like you just described in your living room after you say goodnight to your kids. I lived in yeah. Manhattan for a decade, and I had finally had enough. I was done. And I remember one time, I, as I was leaving the city, I rented a, a small U-Haul, and I was driving across town, headed out to the Lincoln Tunnels, coming back to Pittsburgh. And I remember looking yeah. in my rearview mirror and thinking, okay, goodbye, New York. I guess that's that. And, and that was it. And to be honest, I had, like you, I had all these mixed emotions about, you know, the death of a dream. And what do I do now that that dream is gone? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, I think it, it's such a weird spot to be in. Um, And I, so I started prayerfully going, well, how do I encounter this? And I started listening. I listened to the voice of giving up and I was like, what are your arguments? And I could kind of sum it up in like three things. And I started using those as the doorway to a prayerful conversation about, hey, God, how are you involved in this aspect? And I developed these, I would say, like spiritual practices or these kind of pivots really? Um, that really began to work for me. And I did it for a couple of years. And then the last year, I just felt the you know creative inspiration say, you need to make something out of this. And so, you know, it could be, it could be a five-minute PowerPoint on like here are three things that I did that helped me out a lot in dealing with the voice of giving up. But I, I extended into comedy and storytelling and art. And cause I think often we need to sit in a space and we need to be kind of untied. Like we can hear wisdom and we're like, Oh yeah, that, that makes sense. But sometimes we need to just kind of sit and let ourselves, I, I, I think of often it's like we get all tied up and we just need to help ourselves be untied yeah. so that then like this thing, this truth can kind of land in us and really, this say yes, the liturgy of not giving up on yourself is, is it's really just making a space for you to have your own conversation. Um, like I say, I'll, I'll be your story Sherpa. Like I'll do all the heavy lifting, but really it's not about my story. It's about like, we all know this conversation. We all have these things that, because, because I, because I would say that like the death of a dream um, is like, there's a lot, there's a spectrum of dying. Um, and I, uh, like, cause it can be just like binge watching something every night. So you don't have to deal with right. the conversation you don't want to have. It can be numbing yourself through lots, you know, through lots of products or drugs or your phone and just like, I don't want to deal with this. And, and then unfortunately we've seen this, that, you know, there's a rise in suicide. There's, uh, we've seen some celebrities kick out who are like, you seem to have it all. Maybe we've known somebody who's had this thing. And so I, I was just like, what, yeah, what is the options and, and where, where do we navigate this? And I, I found that actually what needs to happen is a dream needs to die because there's a deeper thing that we're being invited to. And so that's kind of what we get into. That's is, cool. Say Yes, A Liturgy of Not Giving Up on Yourself, a new show at Jubilee premieres this Thursday, Carnegie Music Hall in Carnegie. Okay, so in the midst of all that, right, you know, uh, you put your kids to bed, and and clearly, I mean, you know, 
this goes without saying, but of course you know this, right? Uh, you're putting your kids to bed. The blessing unto itself is that you've got little kids. You're able to put them to bed safely. You're able to talk to them. You're loving on them. So you trade one dream for another. Essentially, it doesn't mean you know that 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 you know that first dream was a failure. It just funneled into something else in a way. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. I think when we talk about a dream. We are not necessarily talking about an object, although it could represent be represented as some kind of object like a job or a you know like a car or a house or or some kind of position. But really, the dream is speaking to it was like the person you would hope you would be. Yeah. Um, and by having that thing would represent that you are that person. And so, uh, yeah, in a lot of ways, you know, my I have all these blessings and gifts. Uh, but there was also, I started understanding, I was like, oh, there's this person I, I really wanted to be, and I don't know if I can still be that person, and maybe it's over. And Because, um, you know, kids, oh, I mean, <laughs> I'm today is my day with the kids all day today. Uh, <laughs> well, you're doing a good like, job. They're I quiet. Am just, I am just trying, oh, they're locked in a room. But I am just, like, <laughs> trying to keep up with them. I already took them swimming. I already did lunch. And they're just still like, we need to run around. You know, so it's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I know a lot of it is your perspective, and a lot of it is like kind of the narratives we tell ourselves. And um, and, and I think the, the thing that's hit me the most as I kind of developed this and really looked at what's hitting us is we are in this like culture of comparison. Yeah. And if I could just give like any kind of piece of advice, which is one of the things from my show, is that um, this culture of comparison is just, killing us like it like there's literally like stats coming out that says this is happening to us and we all are if there is any kind of spiritual practice i think even as jesus followers now i I think what we need to do is we need to move from comparison to contribution Hmm. like that's that's whenever we start comparing we just go i am a contribution how can i contribute that's great you know even in the smallest ways and that is where god is waiting and inviting us to excellent to to in our lives it's just like where is your contribution nice that's, there's a lot of wisdom there scott okay so uh scott erickson thursday night carnegie uh music hall in carnegie hey if people are interested what about tickets is there like you know you've got a website or a, how, how does that feed into something uh yeah well you can just show up it's yeah it starts at seven thirty. Ten dollars at the door there is a like my website is scotterickssonart.com okay. and there's all the information and, and you can buy tickets online, but $10 at the door and uh, 100% of the, the proceeds goes to paying for preschool. So I really appreciate it. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Scott, you're a unique, funny, brave man. Thanks for being with us. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank yeah. you. Scott Erickson, Thursday night, Carnegie Music Hall in Carnegie. Yeah, Say Yes, a liturgy of not giving up on yourself, a new show kicks off Jubilee this year. Jubilee Friday, Saturday, Sunday, David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around... I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323.
800-494-2323 or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. This is going to be the year. This is the year you are finally going to get more sleep, real sleep, deep sleep, the kind where you wake up feeling fully rested, refreshed, and ready to take on the day. Well, put your head on my pillow. This is John Hall. There's no better time than now to make my pillow your pillow. Stop tossing and turning and get the support you need in your quest for a better night's sleep. Right now, Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, is offering word listeners his amazing four pack special. Order today. You'll receive two premium my pillows along with two go anywhere pillows. Plus, shipping is absolutely free. Just enter the promo code WORD at mypillow.com. Try it. And if you don't absolutely love it, return it within 60 days for a full refund. If you've resolved to get a better night's sleep, now's the perfect time to do it. Use promo code WORD at mypillow.com and make my pillow yours today. That's mypillow.com. Promo code WORD. I had a great time this morning with my dad. She just made me feel so comfortable. To patients of Dr. Megan Stock, she's more than a great dentist. She's an answer to prayer. She makes you feel so calm. Didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth. We just love to talk about the Lord and what's going on in our families. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. She does fabulous work. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. How does Trinity Christian School's classical approach prepare students for college? With SAT scores more than 200 points above the national average and a solid biblical understanding of all subjects, all for an exceptional value compared to other private schools? Find out at their campus-wide all-grade showcase February 21st at 7 p.m. Hear from the headmaster, teachers, students, and parents of one of the top 10 K-12 schools in Allegheny County, Trinity Christian School, 412-242-8886. Sunday mornings, and I think throughout the week now with uh, the email that goes out from our church office, you're always sort of called to the attention of what's happening for prayer requests of people in your congregation, right? You know, um, we've got some some older folks in our congregation, and um, Ann and Malin, uh, they, they need a lot of prayer. We love those guys. And then, of course, there's always, you know, the the newbies, the babies that are coming in who are suffering complications and everybody else in between. Right. That guy who had a fall and that uh, that mom who had a diagnosis. There's been a spate. And I think this is probably true. The the changes of the seasons have things to do with this, that when the, the seasons are about to change and you can sort of feel it in the air. That those who are especially vulnerable, who are weak, are taken down quicker. I, I know that this is a truth. I, I, I've seen this in my own life and in the circles that are around me. The seasons, the, the winter into spring and the spring into summer, it, it takes the vulnerable with them. And I've been thinking a lot about mourning lately as I listen on Sunday morning and the emails come in throughout the week. I saw this quote from Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, whom I love. He was such a strong, deep, powerful man of faith. And with his poetry, the way that he spoke and prayed, Spurgeon says this. Oh, dear friend, 
When thy grief presses thee to the very dust, worship there. If that spot has come to be thy Gethsemane, then present there thy strong crying and tears unto thy God. Remember David's words, Ye people, pour out your hearts, but do not stop there. Finish the quotation, Ye people, pour out your hearts before him. Turn the vessel upside down. It is a good thing to empty it, for this grief may ferment into something more sour. Turn the vessel upside down, and let every drop run out, but let it be before the Lord. Ye people, pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. When you are bowed down beneath a heavy burden of sorrow, then take to worshiping the Lord, and especially to that kind of worshiping which lies in adoring God and in making a full surrender of yourself to the divine will. Charles Spurgeon on grief. Hey, thanks for being with us. We're going to talk about being a disruptive witness during the 5 o'clock hour. Stay with us. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders is seeking the Democratic presidential nomination, telling CBS this morning he'll gather the support to win. The only way that real change takes place is when millions of people stand up, fight back, and say, enough is enough. We're going to have a government that works for all of us, not just a few. The Trump presidential campaign says Sanders has paved the way for a Democratic field of socialist-leaning candidates. After Sanders announced he's running for president again, the Trump campaign issued a statement saying Sanders has already won the debate in the Democrat primary because every candidate is embracing his brand of socialism. The Trump campaign goes on to predict that the American people will reject an agenda of sky-high tax rates, government-run health care, and coddling dictators like those in Venezuela. Greg Clugston, Washington. On Wall Street, the Dow by eight points, the Nasdaq rose 15. This is SRN News. Jen had a very busy day today, really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, no negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. How many sales are you missing because you're not effectively using social media marketing? The vast majority of the population is on social media, shopping. 
We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. For King and Country, burn the ship's World Tour 2019. March 29th in Indiana at Kovalchik Center. Spend an evening up close and personal with Joel and Luke for King and Country. Tickets are on sale now. Also featuring Josh Baldwin. A night featuring the songs that have encouraged you and brand new songs from their album, Burn the Ships. March 29th at Kovalchik Center. More details and tickets are available now at forkingandcountry.com. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Racial approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. To succeed in business, you need talent. You find talent at the Word FM Job Fair. Businesses know our job fairs set the standard in this town thanks to the caliber of this audience. Highly trained, always seeking to up their game. These are loyal, hardworking, dedicated folks who'd seriously consider your offer if they only knew you had one. The Word FM Job Fair, Thursday, March 28th, 11 to 3 at the Pittsburgh Plaza Hotel Green Tree. It's anything but business as usual. Secure your presence now at 412-937-1500. It'll turn cloudy tonight with a low 25. Snow will start toward daybreak and we'll see slippery travel for much of tomorrow with 1 to 3 inches of snow accumulating before it turns to sleet and freezing rain. Then the ice will turn to rain in the afternoon with a high near 40. Rainy tomorrow night with a low of 35. Then clouds will break for sun on Thursday. Breezy and milder with the high 43. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, greetings. Good afternoon to you for the Tuesday edition. Kath has the day off. She's uh, just a little R&R for Kathy Emmons. Hey, uh, do you like to look at the stars at night? My, uh, my oldest boy, with no prompting from myself, years ago when he was just a kid, like seven or eight years old, like a lot of kids, little kids do, he became obsessed. But then as he got older, he took it further and further and further. And, you know, th- through grit and saving and determination and whatnot, he bought himself this fabulous telescope, like several thousand dollars that he he saved over years. And then when I'm built, this beautiful big telescope that you point up to the heavens and then you go out um, with the guys from uh, AAAP. Guys and gals from AAAP, Amateur Astronomy Association of Pittsburgh. This wonderful organization, they're out at Deer Lakes Park and one other place, I think down in Washington, PA as well. They've got these big, um, gigantic telescopes that are, you know, stay there, that are mounted in these big domes and whatnot. Anyway, you go out to these star parties and there's all these star geeks. And of course, they would take that geek label proudly. 
and uh, on a beautiful, clear night. And, you know, what is it? This is February. I think they, they do a winter star party as well. So once the weather changes, like, you know, May, June, July, August, September, October, for the next six months, at, you know, in, in the prime of that, once a month, the AAAP sponsors these star parties. And kids show up, families show up, anybody who's interested in looking at the heavens. You just walk up and down where guys like my son have these massive telescopes. And, you know, you walk up and you'll go, what are you focused on? The guy goes, oh, I'm looking at, the, you know, you know, Aurora Borealis. I'm looking at Nebula, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. You know, Seriously, even after my kid's been doing this forever, I'm still like – my boy's one of these guys. He can point to it. He'll, you know, he'll just walk outside with the unaided eye, and he'll go, "Oh, there's Mars up there, and uh, there's the, uh, the the twins." Or, and I love it so much. Anyway, all that to say that the universe has grown larger, a lot larger than we we thought, which is what a surprise. If you believe in the Lord of Creation, the Lord of the Universe, you know that. I mean, it's endless. A new map of the night sky published today charts hundreds of thousands of previously unknown galaxies discovered using a telescope that can detect light sources that optical instruments cannot see. What? What? I, I want to, a new map of the night sky published today charts hundreds of thousands of previously unknown galaxies and universes. What? Discovered using a telescope that can detect light sources that instruments, other optical instruments cannot see. The international team behind the unprecedented space survey said their discovery literally shed new light on some of the universe's deepest secrets, including the physics of black holes and how clusters of galaxies evolve. A new window on the universe, said Cyril Tass, an astronomer at the Paris Observatory who was involved in the project. He said, uh, Cyril Tass says, when we first saw the images, we were like, what is this? It didn't look like anything at all like we are used to seeing. So more than 200 astronomers from 18 countries were involved in the study, which used radio astronomy to look at a segment of the sky over the northern hemisphere and found 300,000 previously unseen light sources thought to be distant galaxies. Is that fabulous? I mean, that excites me so much to think about the, the creation, the creator who continues to create the glory and the beauty of God in the heavens above. You know, remember Carl Sagan? Uh, I, I used to love Carl Sagan. Uh, you know, he was really famous, you know, uh, late 70s, throughout the 80s, had a show on PBS, and uh, Contact was his first uh, major bestseller, and it sort of launched his career uh, as a mainstream. Someone, someone who didn't know anything about astronomy at all knew the name Carl Sagan. And um, what surprises me about Carl Sagan is that he was not even agnostic, but Carl Sagan was an atheist, which I find so shocking. How can someone? How can you look at look at the sky, the sky, the sky, and the stars, and not see the Lord? I, I just, you know, there are places in the in in the sky where you can see new stars being built. I mean, you know, like 
Like it's this gigantic source of light. And they you can see over time the star is sort of like like a rip in the fabric of the blackness and the light pouring out of the night sky as new stars are being manufactured. Like it's like a star factory. And I'm not talking about Motown or Hollywood. It's an actual star factory. How beautiful is that? I just I was shocked when I realized that I was reading about Carl Sagan where he was saying that he did not believe in the God of the universe. And I just find a hard time having those two things exist with majesty and creation and light and grandeur, all that, and someone not being able to absorb God, Christ Jesus, into their life. I don't know. I'm glad my name is written in the book of life, and I hope that you know that yours is as well and that you acknowledge that, to know that God knows you and loves you and wants you as part of his heavenly creation. Take a quick break. Come back. Uh, not, no calf today. I got Mike with me. Mike, I just want to say hey. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you, John? Good. Look at it. Uh, what is it? It's 11 minutes past the 5 o'clock hour. And truly, look at that sky out there. It's still light. I it love is. It. it is light. It'll be a, a time before we see the uh, stars before us. How many days us. till spring? 29 days 29 until the days. first official day of spring. Now, take it as you may. I think it was today. Today is the first full day of um, the full squad workout. In Bradenton, Florida. Is it? Yeah. So pitchers and catchers reported last week. Everybody else is there. Now, look, say what you will about the Pirate organization, whatever. Listen, if they're playing baseball in Florida, that is a sign that spring is upon us. Amen. So take heart for that. Take a break. Come back. We're going to talk about being a disruptive witness. I've been disruptive and I've been a witness. (laughs) Have I been the same together? We'll have that conversation next. Stay with us. WORD. As a dad, you have a powerful influence on your daughter. On the next Focus on the Family, Dr. Meg Meeker shares about the special bond she had with her father and how it helped shape her life. She addresses the negative influences in the culture from peer pressure and social media and the heroic impact of a father who models humility. Next time on Focus on the Family. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Employers, are you tired of paying outrageous premiums for health insurance? How about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country? A plan that pays you back every year. This is Kathy Emmons for Marley Financial. Whether you want a top-of-the-line plan or just enough to keep you legal, Marley Financial has a custom-made plan for you. As a business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever-changing marketplace. Marley's been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans for both individuals and businesses. And only Marley Financial offers health plans that actually pay you back. Call 724-884-1496 for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania. Plans that'll save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and overhead as you grow. They're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. Call Marley now, 724-884-1496, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, 
You give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit, 800-290-7100. That's 800-290-7100, 800-290-7100. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app, the app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen even offline or in airplane mode with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. That's OnePlace. Folks, we must come out of hiding before we can recover and heal. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions. How do we recognize the exact nature of our sins, our secrets, our embarrassing behaviors, our repressed nature? Must be brought to the forefront. We have to write it down to own it. We have to look at our mess before we can clean up our mess. Christians with Secret Addictions, Sunday night at 645 on WORD. I got a boy who's a a freshman in college. Last year, as he was a, a senior, I walked into the living room. He had the TV set on with a laptop in his lap and his cell phone in front of his face. (laughs) And I thought, oh, gosh, we're done here. We are done. I said, hey, man, shut that off. And he was like, what? He looked up like he was like, you know, what? Like he just, what? Shut it off. What do you mean? Shut off the phone. Shut off the laptop. Shut off the TV set, dude. I mean, don't you think it's a little much? And anyway, it was the start of a long conversation about attention, distraction, media, online, all that stuff. And, and there's no doubt that we live in this distracted, distracted world. Uh, having said all that, Alan Nobles with us, he has written uh, deeply about distraction and disruption. His newest work is called Disruptive Witness, Speaking Truth in a Distracted Age. I'll let you know that Alan Noble is in town this weekend as part of the Coalition for Christian Outreach, their annual Jubilee Conference, and uh, where Alan will be speaking, no doubt, on disruptive witness. Alan is assistant professor of English at Oklahoma Baptist University, co-founder and editor-in-chief of a site that we love called Christ and Pop Culture. Alan has appeared in Christianity Today, First Things, The Atlantic, BuzzFeed, and Vox. Alan, welcome back to the show. How are you today? I'm I'm, I'm, well. I'm I'm mostly glad to be here. Um, I didn't know Kathy wouldn't be on, so I'm... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're not alone in that assessment. Somebody joined me one time, uh, and Kath wasn't with me, and he said, you know, John, uh, you're missing the zing. Which hurt, to be honest. 
I just want to know her to know that she's missed. Yes, so, yeah, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. That's yeah. very kind. That's very good. Hey, so you're headed into Pittsburgh for Jubilee. Uh, you've done this a lot, haven't you? You've you sort of floated across the country and talked to a lot of college students about being a disruptive witness. A lot of college students, uh, quite a few, um, several churches have have brought me out, and um, so I've uh, done some chapel talks, some uh, more academic talks, and been able to sit down with, with college students who um, I've I found so far these kinds of issues are, are pressing on, on uh, you know, not all of them, but most of them I think are aware that they're, they're addiction to texting to to youtube or whatever it is isn't the way they they want to live there is something problematic about about their habits yeah. and so that's made the you know reception sort of warm and and open doors for some good conversation no doubt and, and quite honestly i mean even though i point the finger at my kid my heart breaks for him because if it would have been me at the same age i know i'd be the exact same way it's just how it is that's how kids are living today Absolutely. I mean, I would say that for most college students, uh, their dads are probably doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, monkey see, monkey and, do. He sees me. It's it's difficult because these these technologies are not they're not all bad. And I mean, I, I don't think there's a way for us to 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 measure the good versus the harm of say just even smartphones. Um, I don't think a scale exists that could adequately measure the various goods and, and harms that are involved. But, you know, there are genuinely good things involved in technology. I'm glad that I have GPS. Heck yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> some, some of us need that. Yeah. And, um, and, and so that's what makes, you know, one of the things that makes the, this whole uh, tension uh, that creates this tension. And so for many of us, what's happened is, the excitement of new technology, the new iPhone, okay, what are its new features? It just sort of creeps up on us, and then one day we find ourselves exactly like your son, sitting on the couch, looking at a phone with a laptop on our lap uh, and and the television on, and we realize, how did we get here? Right. What's going on? So, I mean, how did, even if you, you know, would take all that away and... I don't know about you, and I don't know about your walk, and how you, you know you found Christ in your life, or Christ came into your life. But for, I think for a lot of those layers of the cell phone, the laptop, the the flat screen, that's an impediment, and social media is an impediment to knowing the truth of Christ. Let alone ingesting that truth, living that truth, and then showing others the truth of Christ. All those things, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all those things get in the way of the relationship. It's a, and I think that's exactly right, or, or in many cases it can. And that's counterintuitive for a lot of people because they, they think, and I've seen this kind of language used in church platforms, a church Facebook page, for example, or a or our Twitter account, they'll say, well, with this technology, we can reach people across the world. And uh, if your goal is just reaching, that's technically true. Like, you, you can communicate to someone. You know, you can make a, um, an image with, a, let's say, a Bible verse on it and pump some uh, Facebook ad money into it and make it, you know, get some traction sure. all across the world. So if it's just eyeballs... Okay, but but if we're if we're asking the question, and, and you 
phrase that right. You know, if we're, if we're talking about helping people understand and feel their need for God, right? To feel that need for Christ so mm-hmm. that they can turn to Him and recognize their sin. That's that kind of deep reflection that our technology pushes against. I mean, when you're when you're when you're engaged with this technology, you're you're not being deeply reflected. You're clicking on the next thing because the devices are literally created by people whose job it is to keep you clicking on the next thing. They need yeah. your eyeballs. Yeah. That's your job. So, okay, so then as social media has defined our culture, what's happened to us is that we've got into this feedback loop that it's you know that's happening we we rush around into that feedback loop and we've come that that echo we're lost in that echo chamber and meanwhile as a culture and especially for you know younger kids who are just finding out who they are and trying to get their footing where you know an inch deep and a mile wide there's not a whole lot of strength or conviction there right and there's all kinds of incentives built into social media to continue advertising and promoting and crafting your identity and endlessly revising your identity. And, and, and you'll, you know, if, if you, you know, look at a young person's or, or actually anybody's uh, social media profile, you know, you can see over time how they've shifted their identity to appeal to different groups. Um, and, and that's that, as you said, inch deep, mile wide, there's a lack of conviction. We're just sort of moving around. And, one of the things that, that's challenging about this, when you recognize these these harms that, that we're dealing with, is that your initial reaction for most people, including myself, is to say, well, I just, I just need to unplug and then problem fixed. But this is one of those problems where we can't opt out of it. In other words, if you and I and your son, you know, my family, you know, we and everyone listening to this all decide, well, we're just not going to use social media problem solved. Well, some problems are solved by that, I suppose. Um, But uh, when it comes to the gospel, which is what we're talking about and sharing the gospel with people, um, the people who need to hear it and internalize it, they're still the ones who are distracted. So the problem remains there. Right. Wow. Okay, so we as the light, supposedly, right, the light of Christ— trying to show that light in a distracted world, it makes it even harder to be that light because the people that we're supposed to evangelize with or to, they're as distracted as we are. So how is that? I mean, how, how do you even go about that, Alan? What, what's that even look like? I mean, you're the expert here. What, give, me, give me the solution to all yeah. this. Yeah, give me the solution. Here's my three-step evangelism method. So, um, so uh, <laughs> thank I, you. I, so, you're welcome. Yeah, I mean, I, the reality is, um, it's, so my argument in the book is that there are several different steps that we can take. Okay. So, the, the first step is that we need to stop doing things that actually contribute to the noise and contribute to the problem. Mm-hmm. So, as, as I said earlier, a lot of churches use this language of, or, or ministries. Well hey, we can reach, you know, the entire world. Um, And so what they're doing with social media is they're using it to sort of superficially share the gospel in the same way that other brands are sharing uh, advertisements for their products. And then what happens is, unfortunately, the faith becomes just another consumer preference. So if we 
pull back from that. Okay, that's an important step. That's a low-hanging fruit you can do sure. that differentiates our faith from other product from from products. Uh, the other thing is that, that we need to, um, when we want to minister to someone and share the gospel with someone, I think we need to get them into situations where they have time to, without distraction, to to talk to us sincerely uh, over the course, you know, a, a long stretch of time, you know, an hour or so, I don't know. Um, and we need to uh, encourage them to go forward, to lead that conversation and I think we just need to explicitly ask them to, to consider something, you know. So after you leave, you know, you might ask someone, hey, um, maybe take some time and just, you know, think about this tonight. Um, and, 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 you know, that's an ask that some people will feel uncomfortable with. But I just don't know that we have another option, because I think for most people, the default is when they hear a conversation or an idea that makes them uncomfortable and the gospel makes us uncomfortable, um, we want to pick up a phone or we want to, you know, clean the house or right. we want to, you know, whatever it is to not deal with that. And so I think we should be explicit, you know, inviting people in to contemplate things that they might not naturally want. That are countercultural in some ways. Y- years ago, I-, I met a guy, um, I was probably in my early 20s, and I met a kid, he probably was 15 or so, and he described to me th- this thing which... I didn't know about it at the time. And it was a group of guys that he was hanging with, and they were called the Straight Edgers. Do you ever hear about oh, this? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah. So this is countercultural. Um, you know, the yeah. Straight Edgers, in many ways, they disavowed the culture, and they were committed to the truth in all of its forms. Now, these guys were not believers, but there was something that was countercultural in the right. way that they looked at the world. This is what you're saying in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, as I said, you know, it's going to make some people uncomfortable. But but I think um, at the same time, um, our unbelieving neighbors, they already feel discomfort, um, as we all do at, at times in our lives. So um, what we can help do for them is to expose some of those things that give them anxiety and dread in life, this feeling of meaninglessness, of hopelessness, the the feeling of alienation that a lot of modern people feel and we can identify that and and talk about okay well here here's a a better way of understanding your life that you were created by a loving god who died on the cross for your sins and um and i think if we get them in certain situations where they're invited to not pick up the phone right during the conversation so maybe you set the tone by saying i'm gonna put my phone away um would you like to join me? <laughs> you know, yeah. um, g- going to a restaurant that you know that doesn't have giant LCD screens yes. all around the, you know, um, so th- these kind of little things that that I really think can can help break through that barrier. Mm-hmm. I mean. I- to be honest, I'm more hopeful than not. I mean, the, the iPhone's only been around for, what, a dozen years or so. So we're at the very beginning of this, you know, weird revolution. I think in some ways it'll, you know, like when you go through and you're shifting dirt out of a screen to, you know, get that fine sort of uh, cleaner dirt, we're going to find our way out of this in one way or another. I, I, I'm confident about this. Yeah, I'm uh... Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think it could go lots of different ways. Yeah. One of my one of my fears is 
Um, so, so here's the reality. For as long as human, humans have existed, we have tried to uh, avoid dealing with our sin, with our need for a Savior. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, so Plato talks about uh, calling out to, or uh, Socrates, excuse me, talks about calling out to people in, in Athens, saying, why don't you care about your life and your soul? All you care about is your job and getting wealthy. Um, and they were distracted by careerism. Well, we, we still have that problem. Yep. The difference is our technology has made that incredibly efficient. I mean, it's so easy. I mean, even just thinking back to my childhood and how hard it was to get, like, a, a, a cartoon, and the quality was so poor, and it was only on certain times of the day. <laughs> and now it's like, I can have whatever I want to watch at any time of the day, yeah. anywhere I am. And that's insane. And so what I worry about, though, is that if that continues, the cost comes down, the quality goes up, the uh, immersiveness of the technology increases, um, I would not be surprised if we find a situation where people are actually living very miserable and dissatisfied lives, mm-hmm. but they're able to push that, in, that, that dread uh, misery away just enough to, to function um, uh, and so that that concerns me. I, I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. And, but this is one of the reasons why I think Christians need to be very careful and, and, and be proactive, calling attention to the way we were created, which right. is not to be perpetually entertained. A couple of years ago, I um I, I went to um the Abbey of Gethsemane in Kentucky, mm. and you know it was it, it wasn't like some big, th- but I just needed to unplug, you know. Um, yeah, and I fell into this rhythm for seven days with these monks, and it was I loved it. I mean, it was exactly what I needed. So, I mean, to to raise the awareness of that, that there, you know, there is life, uh, there is vitality, there is deep spiritual depth, minus your phone or your laptop, th- that's a viable alternative. I, you know, like the straight edge thing, I can't not see why society, especially as splintered as we are, why someone would not pick that up and show the sizzle within that, the, you know, the viability of that there, there is great truth and, and great excellence in, inherent in that. So why don't we try this at least once in our lives? Yeah. yeah. Well, there, you know, there is a, there is a movement. Um, uh, there's a man, Tristan Harris, who was a design ethicist at Google and left, uh, if I remember correctly, basically he, he sort of felt like his work was actually making the world a, a worse place mm-hmm. than than it was, <laughs> and um, and so now his sort of mission is to, to talk about ethical design and to say, okay, there's a, you know, it's it's problematic that um, that that psychologists who are trained to get people addicted to video gambling are now working to get us addicted to smartphones. Like right, that's right. that's. That's 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 problem, and and he's raising awareness of that. So there is a there is a movement even in Silicon Valley pushing against this. Um, so yeah, I mean I, you're right. I mean it, it's possible that um, especially because I think people really do on some level they feel a kind of digital fatigue, staring at screens, and 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 nature is inherently reviving as, as God designed it. So. Um, you know, so it is possible that, that at least a segment of the population will recognize, hey, this isn't a great way to live. We need to, 
we need to do something different. Yes. Well, as you come into Pittsburgh for the uh, Jubilee this weekend, I hope that you find many disciples willing to listen to your message and uh, would follow you into a to a new era of um, minus cell phones and more light and gospel in this world because it's a it's certainly a necessary thing. Listen, um, coming into town, you'll be speaking when? Saturday. 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 230 and 4, yep. Very nice. Hey, Alan, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Disruptive Witness, Speaking Truth in a Distracted Age, Alan Noble. He is the co-founder and editor-in-chief of an excellent site, Christ and Pop Culture. He's in he's in town this weekend uh, at the Jubilee. Check it out online. Uh, Coalition for Christian Outreach, Jubilee at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Alan Noble's going to be there. It's a hand-in-hand design process. It's a partnership between me and the customer. We're building their dream. With Energy Swing's Total Basement Finishing System, you can finally create that extra space you've always dreamed of. Here's Zach Fontecchio. A lot of contractors, they get hung up on certain designs, and they try to make the peg fit in the hole every time. I'm very flexible. I can do whatever you need to get done. You're completely building the basement of your dreams. Every aspect of it is under the customer's control. Most of the customers I go to that have had other quotes, they come in, they tell them how it's going to be, and they give them a price, and they leave. It's like a half an hour experience. I spend like three hours with the customer. I actually do a 3D design so they can see what it looks like before work begins. All the materials we use are specifically designed for basements, so they're inorganic. They can't mold, they can't rot, they can't mildew. They don't retain water, and it's designed to be maintenance-free. There's nothing to paint, there's nothing to patch, there's no carpet to replace. We've done all kinds of spaces so I can make the basement of your dreams. There's really nothing to hold you down. Right now, get $2,000 off your total basement finishing project and a free 50-inch TV. Learn more at energyswingwindows.com. Question, do you have a health insurance plan you are not happy with? Well, Bethany and Jason thought they were stuck. Their plan just kept getting more expensive, and Bethany's favorite doctor didn't even take that plan anymore. And then some friends at church told them about MediShare. With our previous insurance, we were paying $1,200 a month. With MediShare, we now pay around $600 a month. Yes, they're paying $600 less per month, and that's a pretty typical savings with MediShare. And they actually like MediShare more. I was able to go back to my original doctor that I absolutely loved, and it's just been an absolutely beautiful thing being a part of MediShare. Yeah, so they pay a lot less, and they like it more. No wonder MediShare is growing so fast. Find out more. They're super easy to talk to. All you have to do is call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-B-I-B-L-E, 844-41-BIBLE. This is going to be the year. This is the year you are finally going to get more sleep, real sleep, deep sleep, the kind where you wake up feeling fully rested, refreshed, and ready to take on the day. Well, put your head on my pillow. This is John Hall. There's no better time than now to make my pillow your pillow. Stop tossing and turning and get the support you need in your quest for a better night's sleep. Right now, Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, is offering word listeners his amazing four-pack special. Order today. You'll receive two premium MyPillows along with two go-anywhere pillows. Plus, shipping is absolutely free. Just enter the promo code WORD at MyPillow.com. Try it. And if you don't absolutely love it, return it within 60 days for a full refund. If you've resolved to get a better night's sleep, now's the perfect time to do it. Use promo code WORD at MyPillow.com and make MyPillow yours today. That's MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD.
It'll turn cloudy tonight with a low 25. Snow will start toward daybreak, and we'll see slippery travel for much of tomorrow with 1 to 3 inches of snow accumulating before it turns to sleet and freezing rain. Then the ice will turn to rain in the afternoon with a high near 40. Rainy tomorrow night with a low of 35. Then clouds will break for sun on Thursday, breezy and milder with a high 43. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Streit on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, Daddy. Oh, yeah. I always feel like whenever I hear this music, I always want to, like, have a beret on and, you know, <laughs> take a long drag on a camel or something like I'm like some beatnik. It's 1959. <laughs> hanging out with Mrs. Maisel somewhere. Right? Hey, uh, uh, Carl Lagerfeld has passed away. You know that name? Uh, did, Mike, that? Carl Lagerfeld? He, uh, probably one of the uh, – I'd say he's one of the top designers of the last – 50, 75 years. Isn't he owner of uh, Chanel? Uh, I think he's got a piece of, of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carl Lagerfeld. And, um, you know, if you follow – look, here's the deal. I grew up with five sisters. So we were surrounded. I was surrounded by all sorts of, you know, magazines. Elle, Vogue. Um, it was early on in their lives, they were buying teen and all that, you know, all that stuff. So, of course, you know, I, I read along. And as the saying goes, got me an education. I mean, you know, discover thing. I'm like, what the heck is that all about? So not that I've ever worn it or even my sisters themselves, but, you know, the idea of couture and, um, you know, spring wear and uh, the, the designer shows, all that. I mean, that's always fascinating to me. I just kind of wonder about it's all it's clearly that one percenter who's in, involved in something like that. But. But, you know, for the uber, uber rich and, and how they choose to present themselves, it's always weird. I mean, I kind of look back to like, it's like the French aristocrats in some ways, you know, people in white powdered wigs and Cinderella uh, carriages and it, with a 21st century look. Because when you see people, it's, it's always kind of laughable. When you see people in the fashion pages of Vogue or the New York Times or whatnot, they always look like they're from a different you know, they, they look like they're from outer space. They don't look like you and I. Believe me, no one in those pages has been shopping at Kohl's. Right? No doubt about it. Hey, it's fashion updates, John, all the fashion rules. I mean, you know, I mean, how often do you go into what's considered high end in Pittsburgh? You go out to Ross Park Mall and, uh, you know, there's some fine shops out there. There is, there is a, a certain segment, I think maybe in Lawrenceville, there's some – Higher end places. The, I mean, Saks used to be in the city. Lord and Lord and Taylor made a pass through, but there's not a whole heck of a lot. I guess if you uh, you are of means and are interested in fashion, you'd have to make regular trips to New York or San Francisco or Los Angeles. That's all. I don't know. How did I get on this one? I, I'm sorry. My apologies. I did not mean to get off on Carl Lagerfeld and Couture. Anyway, take a break. Come back. We're going to talk about God answering prayers in two ways. I love this. How does God answer prayers in only two ways? Stay tuned for that. I guarantee you we'll not talk about fashion in the next segment. 101.5 WORD. This week on Through the Bible, we're in Dr. McGee's study of Ecclesiastes, the book in the Bible that's quoted most often by atheistic writers and philosophers. It's really an autobiography of King Solomon's years living apart from God. 
Through his experiences, Solomon came to the conclusion that all human endeavors are mere vanity and that the only hope any one of us has is found in the Lord God Almighty. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. What's inside your mattress affects its price, comfort, and durability. But most mattress manufacturers won't show you what's inside their products because they simply don't want you to know. How can you know if you're getting the best value if you don't know how your mattress is made? At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that transparency is what's best for our customers. So we have open displays of each model in our showroom, so you can see and feel the difference in our products. Visit one of our local Original Mattress Factory stores to see exactly what we're made of. Not so long ago, all mattresses had two sides, and for a good reason. You can flip two-sided mattresses regularly, making them last longer than one-sided mattresses. So, what happened to two-sided mattresses? In an effort to cut costs, most mattress manufacturers cut their mattresses in half. For nearly three decades, the original Mattress Factory has believed that building high-quality two-sided mattresses is the right thing to do. Visit us in one of our stores or at OriginalMattress.com to see how our products are built right and built to last. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 grade open house this Thursday at 9.30 a.m. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, snapology, and more. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At JubileeCS.org. Who do you cry out to when you're in despair? What does that look like in your life? Griffin Gulledge is with us. Griffin joins us from Dotham, Alabama, where he uh, works with foster children for the Alabama Baptist Children's Homes and Family Ministries. Griffin, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. You're a terrific writer. I love the piece that you wrote at your blog, God Answers Prayer in Only Two Ways. Please tell us a story uh, as you start your piece of crying out in despair, because I think most people have been there at one point or another. Yeah, well, like you said, most people have been there at one point or another. And so I found myself at a place in my life where I 
uh, was between jobs. I was struggling financially. I was having family problems, and I was calling out to God. And uh, like so many people, you, you sometimes pray and you ask, you know, is anyone hearing me? Is is God going to answer these prayers? Do I have to beg? Um, and you know, I really found myself at that crisis point, um, and it, it was a moment like that in the preceding weeks and studying the, the scripture that led me to, you know, what the rest of the piece talked about. Yeah. And so the piece talks about the name of, of God. Of course, people call out and cry out, Lord, Lord. But you came with another name, which I got to be honest, this is why I love this piece so much, that the, the Puritans began to reshape the idea of who God is and how he loves you. Talk about that and that name. That's right. If you if you read the Puritans, um, and you know the Puritans often get cast as sort of cold and scholastic and unfeeling, but if you read the Puritans, they often refer to God not by um, you know our sovereign God and things like that, but they often will call him Providence. They they actually refer to him not just as a title, but his name is Providence. And the point there is that. In everything that the, the Puritans taught about the sovereignty of God, about how God cares and nurtures uh, the world and all creation, about how God provides for his people, he's not just sovereign. So he's not just powerful and able to create and nurture and sustain, but that he is actively providing for all of his creation, for all of those he, he loves. And um, I think that when you view God that way, and I think this is what the Puritans were after, when you view God not just as sovereign over all creation or as Lord over all creation, though he definitely is those things, yes. but when you view God as the provider, that everything is being worked together to sustain and care for and nurture people, and all of that out of his love, it changes the way you pray. It changes the way you view the Bible's teaching, it changes the way you view even the cross. That's really good. I'm, I'm one of seven kids, Griffin, and I remember when my dad died. He died when I was like 20 years old. And, of course, you know, there's a lot of conversation. But at one th- one point, my mother said, and I'll never forget this, it was kind of an aside, but it struck me. She said, you know, John, one thing about your dad, he was a good provider. And at, at 20 years of age, I was like, oh, yeah, he, he really was. He was. A, there were seven of us kids, and there were nine of us total. He had to work his tail off to be the good provider. So when you see that, when you take this providence, the God of providence who gives us all, all that is before us, how could you not humbly submit yourself to the Lord of the universe? So, so talk about that, because really what I loved about this piece, Griffin, is that you talk about God answering prayers, and specifically you say that God only answers prayers in two ways. Please tell me about that. Yeah, well, you know, like you said, with your family, it, it makes a big difference to know that you're going to be provided for. Yes. I work with foster children, and our kids come into our foster homes and into our group home system having not been provided for, and it radically changes how they view the father or the mother in their family or their their parentage. It it, it breaks trust. It breaks faith. But for us, my point in the piece was that what we've seen in the scriptures and throughout history is the extent to which God is willing to go to care for 
and provide all the needs and the greatest needs, namely the forgiveness of sins, restoration of our souls, hope for eternity through the cross and resurrection of Jesus. And if that is the case, then we can trust in him as provider in every way. But we know sometimes we pray and we don't get what we want. We ask for something and the answer is no. So the point of my piece was that God answers prayers in two ways. It's not just yes or no, but it's two concepts. It's that God answers prayers with provision, and he answers prayers with protection. And uh, so the, the point is that when God answers with provision, sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he gives us something better than what we've asked for. Sometimes God exceeds our expectations. But when God says no, he's not just saying no, right? A lot of times we pray and we feel like, you know, God might say yes down the road, but he's, he's testing us. He's, he's putting us through the gauntlet. He, he's making us really work for it. But I don't think that's how God works at all. I don't think God is, is, is needling us no. or, or making us really beg. When I say God is, is, is answering with provision or protection, that protection feature there is sometimes God withholds from us because he's using that waiting season to sanctify us and to grow us and to, to shape us into the image of Christ. Sometimes he's protecting us from bad things, right? I mean, I, I can remember all of my greedy prayers as a young Christian. Yeah. You know, God, give me a lot of money and a nice car. Like, those, are, those are things that would have been poisonous to my soul. And then sometimes God is saying no. I think this is such a crucial aspect of, of God's protection in his no. Sometimes God is saying no, not because we're asking for something that is bad, but because we're asking for something that is bad for us, that it's not time yet. The thing itself may be good, but God knows our hearts. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Uh, the Scripture says the Spirit searches the deep things of God. You know, if He searches the deep things of God, then He knows everything about us. And so God hears our prayers, and in hearing them, He can protect us from things that would harden our heart towards Him, things that would cause us to be blind to the needs of others around us, things that would withhold us from being um, from from engaging in opportunities for, for Christ-likeness or for patience or for the fruits of the spirits being displayed in our lives in various ways. When you view prayer that way, then it stops being a matter of yes or no. And you stop seeing God as some sort of despot that you have to go and fall down before and beg. Now, there is a time where God wants us to, to ask and ask and ask, right? The unjust judge. I talk about that in the piece, how... God sometimes wants us to persevere in prayer, coming back again and again. But ultimately, I think what's going on here is that our perspective needs to be changed so that we recognize that God's not holding out on us, that every good thing that we need, everything that is best for us, is what we are receiving. We know, we, we know that's the case because of what he's done for us in Christ. I mean, how, how God would not have gone to such great extent to give his own son for us just to then withhold good things for us and, and needle us and make us feel sorry before he gives us good things. But God gives his children good gifts. 
when we change our perspective on prayer in that way, our faith is strengthened and confirmed. And I think it leads us to pray more boldly because God is not arbitrary. He's always working for the good of his children. Griffin Gulledge, in a piece that appears in the Gospel Coalition website called God Answers Prayer in Only Two Ways. And he end the piece, Griffin talking, saying, In every granted prayer request and in every no, the one who answers our prayers is Providence himself, because we are loved and heard by Providence. Griffin, thanks an awful lot. It's a really beautiful piece. I really appreciate your time here and the message you've delivered. Yeah, thank you. My great pleasure. Griffin Gulledge from the Alabama Baptist Children's Home and Family Ministries. God answers prayer in only two ways. The name is Providence. You see them all around town. CentOS trucks and their service reps taking care of customers. When companies use CentOS, you know they're confident and ready. CentOS helps with their fire protection and first aid and safety programs, handles their apparel solutions, and helps keep their facility and restrooms clean and stocked. So you know those companies care about their employees, facilities, and image. When all those things work together, they're ready for business. Oh, I'm ready! Get CentOS and get ready for the workday. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Looking to save on Medicare Part D? Switching to Walgreens may help you save on your Medicare Part D prescription. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Talk to the pharmacist to learn more. I was looking through my um, <clears throat> my library of my books the other day, and I came across a book that I love, that I've, I've had forever, which I've had this book for 40, 40 years maybe. It's called Our Daily Bread, Timeless Wisdom to Nourish the Soul. And it's, it's this odd-shaped book. Uh, it's got this sort of like this blue-green silken cover on it. And it's really – I love it so much. I mean, I've had it so long, and there, there are times when I – I mean, I don't touch it for years sometimes. It just sits on my shelf. But then there are other times when you look at it right now. Mike, check this out. Look at this book. And this, this book's been around, right? Look at all these different markers I have in it. And, it's uh, definitely – you can tell it's definitely been used a lot. Yeah. It's just a – it's a prayer book. And uh, for years and years and years, it was, you know, on our dresser in our my wife and I's bedroom. And I would, you know, open it up and sit and read and meditate on God's Word. I just love it so much. And uh, I don't know. I, I brought it in because I need it. I, I'm in a period of my life where – where I feel people passing. You ever do this? I, I, this, I don't know if this is, if this is true or just me and my, you know, this is true for me, I should say, that there, there are seasons in my life where not one good person leaves you and passes away, but multiples two, three, four, in quick succession. And I don't know 
what that means or why that happens that way. Maybe I, I, I don't know. But I, I need a little uh, right now. I need a little spiritual wisdom and I need an extra dose of strength. So I go to places in my Bible where I, I know that's there. And I also look outside my Bible as well from far, far greater minds than mine, preachers and teachers and thinkers who know Christ intimately and are able to pass their wisdom along to me. So I don't know wherever you are in, in your life right now, but um, I would recommend no matter where you are, whether you're 19 or 99 and beyond, that you have those resources, those course your Bible, always your Bible. But uh, there's other, so many other things as well that are a supplement to a strong and intimate prayer life that will draw you close and give you that source of providence in your life. Hey, thanks for being with me today. Uh, I miss Kath. I miss the zing, wherever she is out there in this world, the Kath. And uh, hopefully she'll be with us very soon as she uh, is out there having some R&R. Listen, we podcast, we're up and running. Mike and I are doing our best to keep the uh, the boat afloat. Without the zing? Yes. So uh, look for us online, johnandkathyshow.com, wordfm.com, The Ride Home with John and Kat, all those different places. We're on Twitter. You know where we are. You know, social media, okay? Chime in. Your thoughts and comments, your providence is welcome as well. God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. Have yourself a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.